When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there and welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Adam Russell. I'm your host, who is very sleepy, and I'm so thankful for the fanfare that opens our show, because now I'm wide awake, Ryan Key. Hey, I'm a co-host. My name's Nick. <laughs> Good to be here. Good morning. It's only 12.17 p.m. here in California, which is the morning to me. Yeah. So good morning. Energy's way up, though. Daytime pods are great. <laughs> Feeling it. We're also joined by friend of the pod, longtime friend of Ryan. Hello, love. Certified professional, former editor of Marvel, now senior editor at IDW Publishing, authority on all things Black Kersantan, Heather <laughs> Antos. <laughs> Welcome back. Oh, gosh. I don't, I, authority on Black Kersantan. You know what? I'll take it. Thank you very much. I mean, in this context, you are like... We respect your authority. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you you know what? I was there from the inception, so I will take that. You know, you are here because we love you, but you're also here because of that. (laughs) (laughs) It worked out perfectly. Last week, I was like, dude, we we need to have Heather on. I hope he's back for the next episode. And then there he was. Boy, was he back for this episode. (laughs) Oh, my God. Hell of a face to wake up to in a back-to-tank, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have to say, I was not expecting anyone to show up and Boba Fett that, that I was a part of and worked on in the comics. And even just the quick, like, camera shot that we got in last week's episode, like, I got emotional. I'm, like, sitting on the couch, like, tear, <laughs> tearing up, you know? Bet, and yeah. I tweeted something like, oh, my gosh, I cried. Like, I, I got emotional. I teared up during this week's episode of Bo- Boba Fett. And all, like, the internet's being like, oh, my God, me too. The scene with the tree and him <laughs> getting the costume and, like, all this. And, like, you and I watched two different episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you know, like I was like, if that's it, that's great. I hope he comes back and holy shit, guys, (laughs) (laughs) like they got him perfect. Like this is dead on who he is, what he's supposed to be. I could not be more happy. It's real life, live action, hashtag beast mode. (laughs) Yeah. I felt like he was coming back for sure. Just cause I, his costuming was so like detailed in, yeah. yeah, that I'm just like, there's no way this is just like one shot or else they would have like CGI it or something like they made that thing. They're going to use it. Yeah. Oh, exactly. It's, it's funny actually yesterday, not to humble brag, but yesterday I had my weekly call with the Lucasfilm people <laughs> and, and we were talking about it cause on the publishing side, even they don't find out everything that's going to appear in the shows. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they had no idea that he was showing up and we were just like, yeah, like this was dead on. They didn't just pull something from Revenge of the Sith, dust it off and and throw it on him. They got from his scar to his pauldrons, everything like, ah, so good. So dope. All right. Let's, um, since we're short on time as usual, and we're keeping these ones shorter, let's get into stolen plans. What have you done with those plans? The Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 3, The Streets of Mos Espa, that 
autocorrect on all Apple devices likes to call Los Espa, <laughs> released today at the time of this recording, January 12th, 2022. Disney Plus description for this episode is Boba Fett must deal with two very different threats. Can we name the intern? We don't, we have, we've never done that. We need a name for the person that's writing the descriptions. Because <laughs> I'm tired of just saying, thank you, intern. I want to say, you know, thanks, Jim. I feel like in my head, he's Greg from Succession. Greg. Okay, Greg. I don't know if you're watching There that. we go. I love that. Thanks, just Greg. a tall, lanky, weird guy. From now on, Greg gets credit every week for his one-sentence descriptions on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> I feel like Greg's from Alderaan, you know, kind of like privileged family <laughs> kind of vibes, you know, just kind got... Kind of dead now. Dead, yeah. <laughs> parents are dead. That's the thing, you know? He got that internship because of his connections. Now his parents are dead. So now he's super emo, <laughs> but still he's still got that like that family money. So I'm here for that. Greg is my favorite character on Succession for sure. Oh, I just I so love good. him. I love him. Like so that good. acting job is unreal. I'm he's like, amazing. Unless if you're acting, give him all the awards, but that might just be his personality. He's amazing. <laughs> he's amazing. Like on a show where the whole thing is designed for you to love people you're supposed to hate yeah he's the one they're kind of like yeah but he's actually lovable but no he's not he's not he's just as big as comeback as all the rest of them love it (laughs) totally great show if you're not watching it you should directed by robert rodriguez back behind the camera written by john favreau again of course starring god i I love this i was so pumped when he came on screen steven root as lorth appeal yes the watermonger (laughs) sick title we, of course, all know him as Milton from Office Space. Maybe I just burned his whole place down. <laughs> the swing line stapler, dude. I mean, he's like an amazing character actor. He's in all kinds of stuff. Most recently, Barry mm-hmm. was yeah. where I, I loved his work. He's amazing. News radio gets no respect either. In the whole oh, like yeah. Office, so the Office 30 Rock world, like, news radio is a great show. Sophie Thatcher as Drash, the, uh, the girl from the trailer, finally. She's dope. And then... The big one. We should have predicted this. I'm so bummed that we didn't. Danny f-ing Trejo in the building. Oh my god! As the rank or keeper. So great. Uh, what what a treat! What a treat! <laughs> it's huge. It's huge. I mean, that's a, that's a big time casting. You know. And what a perfect casting too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. Right. So good. And like clearly he's showing up again. Yeah. I uh I'm 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 like more excited about Danny Trejo than I am a Rancor. <laughs> yeah, we just fits too. Like yeah, I'm just thinking about his his death scene in Heat. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, it's legendary man. Once they like covered up all his like very earthly tattoos. I mean, there's just something so rugged and unique about his face that it's mm-hmm. very Star Wars. You know, yeah. it's very very is Tatooine. He, is he he's humanoid almost? You know, like he there's something else there which is very Star Warsy. And he, he's the one, an actor of that size, which is funny to say because he, he was just a B actor for so long, but he's like a legend now. An actor of that legendary status, you would think would kind of take you out totally. of it, kind of like NPH in the new Matrix kind of takes you out a little bit. But no, like you said, Nick, he's perfect. Like he belongs yeah. there. Like why hasn't he been in Star Wars before this? Mm-hmm. So welcome, Danny. <laughs> 38 minute runtime on this episode. Not too long, not too short. It felt good to me. I wasn't. I wasn't looking at the time at all throughout it. All right, first impressions. What'd you guys think? Uh, this everything I could have wanted. I mean, <laughs> as soon as we saw Black Crescent last week, I just wanted to see him fight. Like, if you know anything about his backstory, he was a, a Wookiee that volunteered to be in the gladiatorial arena. Like, he wanted to fight. He was good at it. And holy shit, this episode did not disappoint with that. Mm-hmm. Crushed. <laughs> Yeah, I I thought the highlight of the episode was obviously the the fight scene 
in Boba's chambers. But same thing as last week. I think that's an easy one for me to kind of like be really stoked on. But I, I loved the flashback again. I love I loved yeah. the the more kind of emotional, intimate moments we get with with Boba are what I'm loving about the show so far. You know, humanizing his character in such a big way. And um politely I'll say could have done without the Vespa chase through the streets. <laughs> but um overall I, I loved it. Because I, I think that the flashback scene and the and the fight sequence were both so, so unbelievably strong. Yeah, I mean, I dig it for some reason when it was over. I, all I know is I had a sense of joy because overall I thought it was good. I wasn't thinking about like, oh my God, Luke Skywalker showed up. I'm so happy. You know, like there wasn't any one thing in particular that made me happy, but... I was laying in bed afterwards and I was like, I feel good. I feel happy right now. That was cool. Yeah. It, it, it was cool. I mean, yeah, I think I would feel like that's coming from a sense of how cool it is more than mm-hmm. like a happy ending. But yeah. but like the the whole, you know, Atreides landing on Arrakis vibe of the mm-hmm. of the pikes coming off the ship at the end. Badass, that was yeah. so badass, dude. Like, I mean, just the, the way we're getting to explore these these syndicates and, and really showing how they operate in the galaxy and, and uh, how they're vying for power and who did give Tatooine to the pikes. Who, you know, it's really, really, I'm so happy that I think we are now firmly getting one through line. Yeah. I can't see this show heading into adventure of the week again. I mean, we're really, yeah. there's little adventures happening in the episodes, but they're all tied to this, this overarching story. And um, yeah, that is one thing that this episode in particular was really strong for me that I was missing from the previous two episodes is now I understand fully what the story is and mm-hmm. where it's going and what their goals are for it. Um, where I feel like the first couple episodes, there was a lot of guesswork mm-hmm. that needed to be made. The stakes are set now, both in the flashback and the present day story. And he's a very integral active part of that. And now I'm just so excited to see where it goes. And just in general, them them explored this era of Star Wars and this this I want to see more crime syndicates. I want to see more <laughs> of these bad guys. And I want to see how this story in particular is going to inform future Star Wars stories. It's so exciting on so many levels for fans who are as deep in it as we all are, seeing things from comics and cartoons coming into live action that not only feel good on like a fan service level, but like you said, expand what Star Wars is and establish what Star Wars is in eras that we're exploring for the first time. It's so dope. It's adding so many layers and layers that make it feel like not just this tiny little slice of a massive galaxy that is one family's story. You know, it's it's just really sprawling as it should be. So I overall just loved it. Same as kind of you guys are mentioning. I, I had a bunch of moments, maybe because I watched it in the morning and I have this like ritual. Now I get up and I eat cereal and I watch new Star Wars every Wednesday because I know we're doing this early. So I'm like fully on it. Every time something cool happened, it was, I was just like giddy. Yeah. Even, you know, it was little stuff like in the very opening seeing the spider again in front of the palace and noticing how it's very stylized, like stop motion CG on purpose, you know, meant to mimic like the old style and like all these little details that are clearly put in there with love. They just make me like (laughs) giddy, like I said. So (laughs) it was a great episode and um, I'm excited to talk about and maybe debate a little bit the one point of contention with the Vespas. Because there's some stuff in there that I really love. Griff's crew from Back to the Future 2. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You All right, let's um, get into some specific talking points here. So 
this episode is is really built around the idea that Boba, although he's a badass, we all know him as a badass. He's not necessarily the big on the street right now. Like he's he's dealing with some stuff. He's lacking control, respect. There are these three families that most Espos divided into. Uh, we've got AT8 the droid and our boy Milton the watermonger coming in to tell him everybody's just like waiting to see what kind of leader you are. There's no respect. It's chaos in the streets. So he's dealing with this, right? So the three families we learned are the Trandoshans, who control the city center down in the canyon, the Aqualish, who control the workers' district, which is another section in the canyon, and then the Clatoonians, which is a species that we've seen very little of. They control the starport and the upper sprawl up above the canyon, kind of out towards the outskirts. We'll talk a little bit about the Clatoonians briefly later in the Den of Antiquities, but... This was pretty cool, and this kind of clarified some things that I think some people were debating, so I thought that was pretty dope. Uh, we finally see, like I said earlier, the uh, the girl from the trailer on the bike. We get a flashback to Camino, Django leaving Camino. We see young Boba. That's Are we getting that flashback a couple more seconds every episode? Yeah, it's like building on the same moment, maybe? Yeah. Right? Like, if that's the case, is it culminating to that being a big moment for some reason? I mean, I I hope so. I hope yeah. it's not just, hey, I used to be a kid and now I'm an old dude with problems. Like, I want it to be something of substance. Yeah, so yeah. I hope we're getting that. What else here? The death of the Tuscan tribe. Mm. Brutal. Didn't expect that. Did not see that, that coming. That crushed all of Mike's hopes and dreams with his theories. Yeah, we were all just like, that's Omega, that's a clone, that's this, that's that. <laughs> you know what it is? They're dead. That's what they are. <laughs> it's a burning pile of corpses. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, look, take a picture. No, I'm dead. <laughs> An idiot. Uh, let's see. Like we mentioned earlier, we get the return of Black Kersantan, Black K, Black Santi, BK, Ripping. Nubaka. Ch- yeah. Chupac, yeah. as you said. <laughs> Where was Fennec in that moment? Hmm? Sleeping, man. It's the middle of the night. Yeah, she was She was sleeping. <laughs> yes, I mean, she came running in at the end, right? Yeah. So all, she... all she did was throw that little knife at his hands at the end. That's yeah. it. That's all she did. I like to think that she was on the toilet. She was taking well, a dump. They, they had to introduce the young Avengers or whatever, <laughs> whatever's going on here. West Coast Avengers. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the like Silver Lake half droid <laughs> yeah. Coachella bound <laughs> Tatooine natives. And then we get the, the Pikes and the Mayor double crossing. Uh, Boba in the flashback. In present day, we get the Huts showing up, apologizing really weirdly, and then saying they're the hell out of Tatooine. Hella suspicious. I think they might be just out. I mean, that CGI is expensive, bro. Yeah, I think they're gone. Yeah, I think they were they were a conduit to get Black K into the story, and he's going to be part of the crew now. Dude, I'm about that. I'm fully about that. Yeah. And then we meet. Um, we get the the cyborg teens, like we talked about, the gang, the cast of American Graffiti. Then a rancor. A rancor is a gift. A baby rancor. A little baby. A little baby. A lot of stuff happened in 38 minutes. I felt like it was super action packed. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think is really happening here with this this double cross pike situation? I mean, clearly, to me, when Boba showed up in the flashback to talk to the pikes in Mos Eisley and then he went back and the tribe's camp was burned, watching that pike just swirl his drink. As Bobo walked out, yep. that whole thing was arranged because he said, you know, you got my message, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, you come over here, we'll go kill them over there. You're screwed, right? Yeah. It's all that dude. Or the mayor of, well, that's most Eisley. Yeah. So who's really running shit? It's gotta- I don't know. 
I, I mean, just from a storytelling sense, there's no big bad yet, you know? There's, like there's, there's no big bad yet. The big bad is going to be some reveal. Mm-hmm. But, like, now that I'm thinking on this more, because, again, I only watched this once today, if the Pecs were the ones who, like, killed the Raiders, like, why didn't they kill Bobo while he was there? Why are they keeping him alive? Like, that is yeah, my, yeah. you know, that's very intentional, aside from he's the star of the show and we can't kill him. But, like... <laughs> They're clearly pissed, but they want him alive for something. Right. What is that? Or they're just maybe... Or they're sadists. Who knows? Like, Yeah. <laughs> or as powerful as they are still, they're afraid to kill him for some reason. I don't know. It's complicated. That's, that's the one thing for me that I keep coming back to is why did they keep him alive? To what purpose does that serve? But they did, like Mike reminded us here, frame the Striders, the, the Nick Toe Biker Gang, right? They framed them mm-hmm. ultimately. So I don't know. They're, they're making shady moves all over the place. Yeah. I think the biggest question, the thing that I want answered the most is when Bob asks, given by who, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The orders or the permission, um, right? And I guess that's what we're, we're talking about with the, the big bad reveal, I guess. But the concept that someone is pulling the strings as far as giving the planet. It's funny. We keep going back to this, this in the last several months, but it's, it's just Dune. It's like yeah. the, the emperor is just giving the planet to the pikes. Like, the, you know, the emperor gave Arrakis to the Atreides. It's like, it's the same same vibe. So who is the emperor in this situation, you know? Oh, is it Palpatine? I mean, he's still alive. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> it's true. I mean, the emperor. <laughs> in keeping with the Dune theme, that would be very on brand. But that's what I mean. I was like, if we're, if we're doubling down, this is Dune. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or is it like on a more immediate level immediate being leading into the sequels is it pride or someone on hux's level you know what i mean just like a a former imperial i don't i don't see it being imperial related if it is like i'm not gonna lie i'm gonna kind of be disappointed Mm -hmm. i don't know I like I personally hope and want it to be someone tied a little bit more closely with Boba Fett's past, especially if we keep going back to that flashback of him on Camino, you know, and that's ultimately going to be revealed to something like perfect symmetry would be like, it's his dad. But obviously we know mm-hmm. it can't be his dad. Yeah, you need a head to give well, orders. I can't. I shouldn't say obviously Star Wars has done crazy things, but yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll have Jango's head on like Darth Maul's spider legs, right? Coming along. Yeah, maybe the helmet. Yeah, the helmet just kept it all <laughs> together somehow. And Yeah, super Futurama vibes. Yeah. It's, it's going to be something personal to Boba. I just, I just feel that. Does it now seem more or less likely that it's Kira? running Crimson Dawn. That would be cool. Yeah. I, I would love to see her again in something. Yeah, I mean, I would for sure love that. I mean, obviously, she's the right age pretty much to do it still. Like, uh, to me also, I feel like it would be almost twofold very cool because a lot of people didn't see Solo, but they recognize Amelia Clark, so they'd be like, oh, my God, Game of Thrones – would they have to age her? They would age her, right? And yeah, she, probably she a little bit. Give her a wig. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, and then everyone who does know Solo and knows the history is going to be stoked. So I feel like if it is her, you get both the knowledgeable and not so knowledgeable fans to be stoked. She would make a lot of sense in this world. And we talked about this last week that I don't see why, as an actor, she wouldn't come back to do this. She right said now. she wants to. Yeah. Like she, she's been very, very vocal and very open that like she wants to do more with that character. Yeah, cool. So 
Answer us, Dave Filoni. <laughs> Give it to us. <laughs> I'm also trying to think, though, because like knowing Dave Filoni and knowing John Favreau and the types of stories that they like to tell, they're very big on like what's a to- old toy I can pull out of the bucket. They love doing that. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing for like what's something from the prequels or original trilogy toy that they can pull out to, to have here. Because that is just their move and they're very good at that and making it feel fresh and new. And Pulling out old things like mythosaurs maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, maybe it's another baby Yoda that's a crime syndicate leader. <laughs> <laughs> the antithesis. A 60-year-old one. <laughs> <laughs> it's Babu Freak. All right. Lastly, before we get into the den, finally, we see Boba uses jetpack in the show about Boba Fett. <laughs> we don't even see him take off, though. He just lands at the end like, oh, you guys done with your chase? Cool. I'm here. I've landed. Hey, so, he can fly now. <laughs> they fly now. No shade. Let's move on. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thousand generations. It is the dark side. Oh, gosh. It's a Calicori. A Sith Wayfinder. Dark science. Cloning. Secrets only the Sith knew. Apparently, Poe only watches the live action shows and movies. <laughs> um, the Den of Antiquities. Let's kick it off with a little background on Black Kersantan. Heather, educate us. Take it away. Oh my gosh. I feel like I needed to prepare a presentation. <laughs> you didn't do a PowerPoint? How? I didn't do one. No, not not today. So Black Sand, a little bit of background uh, for those who are unfamiliar with our badass Wookiee bounty hunter. He's a badass Wookiee bounty hunter that first appeared in Darth Vader number one that came out in 2015 from Marvel Comics. And he was a character created by Kieran Gillen and Salva LaRocca to work with Boba Fett. And so that's something I'm looking forward to in the show is are they going to acknowledge that they worked together before canonically yeah. and, and and everything? I mean, Boba clearly recognized him and knew who he was. So they were hired to track down an agent that took down the Death Star. Wonder who that could be. Mm. And then after that, he became one of Dr. Afra's uh, co-stars in her comic, essentially. She owed him a lot of money and he kept her alive so she could pay him back. That's basically mm. the short of it. Um, <laughs> but what I'm most excited for, and I just thought about this today, and I'm hoping we get this. He also appeared in one of the Obi-Wan flashback issues. And Obi-Wan is who gave Black Hersan his fancy face scar. Nice. And so I'm wondering and I'm hoping we get to see more of him in the Obi-Wan show. Dude, yes. That one panel, the standoff, you know, we posted it recently. It gave me goosebumps looking at it after watching last week's episode and just mentioning it right now. I'm re-goosebumping everywhere. (laughs) It's just, it's so dope. Yeah. Because they, they built this costume. They have it. Oh, if we, I'm just like dying. If we get on screen 
that fight, Obi-Wan and Black Crusant, like I'll die. I'll I'll yeah. I'll die. Don't die. <laughs> I'll die after you have me back on the podcast to talk about it. Cool. There you go. Cool. We're okay. gonna need you. We're gonna need you for that one. So <laughs> I wanna make a joke about you coming on to die on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't. <laughs> Wait until after I die to make that joke. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> something, something, something complete. Well, this podcast got dark. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I didn't make the joke. Dude, that that costume, though, like you're saying, they didn't just throw that thing together. It's no. so good. And the way they, they redesigned his face, you know, Chewie's he's got this very lovable resting face, you know? He doesn't have that, like, menacing brow like Black Hay has. He's a totally different look. So they, they did some stuff. His roar, mm-hmm. it was scary. Like, getting to see that fight, against all those people and all the weapons and everything like they did such a good job of like this is what a wookiee is capable of yeah this is what is scary about these guys and i just like just give me more just give, give me more of it yeah. <laughs> megan in the um one of the patrons in the chat just said santi looks not only like he'll rip your arms off but he'll also beat you with them true <laughs> like wookiee potential it's true did you guys happen to catch that electrified brass knuckles? That's from yeah. the comics. That's from our... Oh, sick. Took Boba across the face, and he's good. He's yeah, good. Yeah. We don't do blood in Star Wars, so he's good. Yep. <laughs> he's got that back to tank, though. I want to get punched in the face with spikes and just get up all good. <laughs> I hate to interrupt the din, everybody, but these uh, these midday podcasts, I'm, I'm about to release a record, and I've got tons of interviews every day uh, going on, so I have one i got to get to, but... um. Heather, thanks for being here. I'm not going to say goodbye to you at the end. And uh, you guys are going to do I Love You, I Know, later, but I'm going to break from tradition and do it early right here in the middle of the den. Um, again, I mentioned this at the top of the show. I'm just really enjoying these flashbacks where we're humanizing Boba Fett as a character. You know, like that moment when he picked up the, you know, the kid, Tuscan's staff and, and oh, the other yeah. ones he kind of threw in the fire, but that one he knelt down and, and like carefully placed it in the fire those kind of things are definitely not lost on me. Like how much they're trying to show that the side of him that has made him who he is now, the reason he's, you know, ruling with respect, he's not this just bullheaded, uh, you know, violent criminal leader. He's got a mission in mind and he's, I think he's, there's a certain respect for life there. And we're learning like how he's come to have that uh, after the, the sort of tortured past that he's had. So I'm really enjoying that. But patrons, thanks for being here. Love you guys. And I'm sorry I'm dipping early, but I will see you next week. May the force be with you. And also with you. I'm out. All right, moving on with the den. Something I, that I loved to hear, just it was like one or two lines that clarified some stuff that reinforced the point that Nick always makes. Just be patient, everyone. <laughs> just be patient. There were people last week talking about, I saw one meme. Granted, everyone just pounced on this person and just like destroyed them in the comments. But they were like, <laughs> they showed um, two pictures one of Qui-Gon and Jar Jar and Padme walking into Mos Espa and then the establishing shot from the Book of Boba Fett of Mos Espa with the giant canyon. Mm-hmm. It was something like, can they not even reference this, you know, before they go breaking canon <laughs> in an episode? And everyone was like, bro, it's a different location. Yeah. Here's one shot of New York. Here's another one, you know. <laughs> but they really fully clarified when the droid had the, the hollow of, you know, the overview of Mos Espa and laid out the three different territories, the starport and upper sprawl sits at the top out of the canyon and goes outward. And they even mention in The Phantom Menace that they're landing in the outskirts of some town, whatever, right? 
duh. Like they come in <laughs> from the outside of the town. We're looking at it from the middle. Question answered. Yeah. Gripe squashed, <laughs> smashed, squished. Um, our boy Milton, the moisture handler, what is, what's his title? Moisture farmer? The watermonger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he starts to tell the story. It's kind of funny how he gets cut off. Starts to tell the story of Tatooine's oceans in the past, which I so desperately wanted last week. We heard that. Maybe we'll get some of it somewhere in something. I, I think it's legends, right? There is some sort of like, I forget who it was that just like fully blasted Tatooine to hell. Yeah. I'm not sure that it's canon, but that there is some it's, story. It's not canon. Yeah. The Clatoonians, that species that we mentioned earlier with the, the starport and so on and so forth, we've only seen them once in live action, as far as I can tell. Uh, Mando chapter four. They've also been in animation twice, two episodes in the Clone Wars, and then a bunch in comics. Some of the books that you worked on, Heather, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if you remember seeing them, but I, it seems like they've always been background. So with them being one of like the, the three ruling clans or families in the series, we're probably going to see a bunch of these folks. So yeah. that'll be interesting. A couple new words. Seems like they're just throwing in new words every week. Boba says, You better fight as good as you talk, Dank. <laughs> Dank being shit, I guess. Poop. Crap. <laughs> Boba also says, The rest of you gather up your gack. Follow me. Your gack? Like your stuff? Or like your drugs? Uh, I, yeah. I'm like, are these like Hatties words? Like, what are these? Like, <laughs> I don't know. But I'm into it. I always like new words. Uh, when Boba first walks into Mos Eisley after leaving the Tuscan village in the flashback, we see a local putting stormtrooper helmets on sticks, which looks exactly like the shot from mm -hmm. uh, Navarro. Yeah. Strangely identical to it. It was kind of weird to me. I was like, wait a minute. Maybe it was just the thing you did post-Empire. I mean, yeah, I would do it. I'd, I'd be about it. And then in the background, we see Peli Mato, yeah. none other than Peli Mato and her little mechanic pit droids doing her business, being snarky. <laughs> <laughs> Boba says I'm collecting on behalf of the Tuscans of the Dune Sea when he's talking to um, the Pikes I guess right so that I guess fully canonizes the name Tuscans as their species or their tribe or whatever or the you know the series of tribes which is different from the legends explanation for that name which I just found out recently it was something given to them like Europeans would have named Native American tribes and things like that they were called the Tuscan Raiders because there was a series of attacks on Fort Tuscan on Tatooine. Again, that's legends. So now they're actually called Tuscans, which I like, you know, I prefer that, you know, because I think it's just all part of humanizing these people, which is great. The Nikto biker gang is named by the Pike in that com same conversation. The Kintan Striders. So that yeah. K, the, the Huddy's K that he spray paints. There it is. Kintan Striders. There's apparently also... A Dejaric hollow chest piece called a Kintan Strider. Hmm. Deep cut. And then there's a call out to what I'm guessing is a mythosaur or the holiday special dinosaur, which is a mythosaur, I guess, technically, right? That's where they pulled that from yeah. in, in, in Mando originally. Mm -hmm. Boba says, in response to the idea of riding the Rancor, I've ridden beast 10 times its size. Teach me. So, got to be the Mythosaur, right? Yeah, it's got to be. Uh, yeah, Holiday Special is canon now, clearly. <laughs> yeah, duh. I mean, there's merch. Yeah. And there's just not many other beasts that we've seen in Star Wars where people ride them. And, I mean, I think that's a, as good a guess as any, that they're just actually 
tongue-in-cheek referencing the, the holiday special they acknowledge it on something canon therefore it's canon now like that's <laughs> yeah my <laughs> yeah and in that same conversation actually right before that danny trejo makes a clone wars reference that is a big one he says it is said that the witches of dathomir even rode them through the forest and fens dathomir is of course the home planet of darth maul which we saw quite a bit in clone wars and the home of the witches of Dathomir that he just mentioned, who are dark side users. They're witches. The whole thing's very witchy, but it's just a, another type of dark side user. They trained Darth Maul. They train warriors like him, and there's a whole thing with his brother. So if you haven't watched The Clone Wars and you like Darth Maul at all, go watch that. It's super sick. All right, wrapping up the den of antiquities, this last one is amazing. Like a laugh-out-loud moment for me. So during the speeder chase with the Back to the Future kids, one of the speeders crashes through this painting that people are carrying, which is like, what is that a throwback to? There's something just like that, like Indiana Jones or something, right? Where they go through a painting like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, so many things. And a bunch of, you know, like Looney Tunes, all that crap. If you do a chase scene and you don't do that. You've blown it. What are you even doing? Like, yeah, it must be illegal because yeah. you have to do it. <laughs> but the painting that they bust through is a painting of Jabba on his, uh, his throne, whatever. But it's supposedly the Ralph McQuarrie concept piece of Jabba. Like, just pasted right on there. So sick. Yeah, I just stopped that because I was like, oh, I know that. I know What is the art? I recognized it. And still, <laughs> I had to go back. That's amazing. Anything else that I missed that you guys noticed? That's it. I, I mean, I think there was a little bit of social commentary there, which I'll, I'll, I'm not going to be surprised when buttheads start to uh, complain. But there definitely was with the water guy and uh, the kids. You know, there was a lot of social yeah, commentary yeah. there about kind of... I think at one point someone said something like basically along the lines of like, we have to work a month for one week's worth of water. Mm -hmm. You know, that yeah. kind of yeah, yeah. thing. I felt like yeah. that was a little like state of the world type of thing right now yeah. where people don't have the means to, to bit, live. Bit generational with, yeah, yeah. There, there is a lot of, and, and I will, would be okay with that if we see that on a greater scale affecting the mm -hmm. story. If it's just a like, we're just going to do this to have yeah. this because reasons, you know, yeah. then it feels superfluous mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, and it almost cheapens it. And so like, if this is going to be a greater thing about Boba taking this on as part of his leadership to make it a better place to live. Yeah. And this is just the start of it, then that's fine. Mm -hmm. But yeah, because he did also tell Milton to lower his prices, you know? Right. So yeah. Yeah. So if this is just the start of his reign, then cool. But mm -hmm. we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> One last thing that I, I'm so glad I didn't forget those kids on those bikes, on those space Vespas with those primary colors and the sparkle paint jobs and all of this stuff. We alluded to this before, but it's straight up, I feel like, a tribute to Lucas's affinity for Americana, hot rod culture, American graffiti. Straight up. It's got to be. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I would put money on that. I mean, even the car that uh, Major Domo, like, it was very... Uh, it was very hot rod. Very yeah. Yeah. Which is also what, like, the first speeder that uh, Han rode with Kira oh, yeah, in... Yeah. Uh, in Solo, Solo, yeah. Kind of the same vibe there. If nothing else... I back it for it being uh, in the tradition of the maker's original intent. You know what I mean? Although I will say as much as I appreciate them and they're very shiny and, and lovely to look at and I can't wait for the models and figures and toys. Those look like very, very expensive speeders that they mm -hmm. all have. 
yeah. like not having jobs or being able to afford water or anything like that. But dude, in my head canon, they boosted those from a transport bound for Coruscant or something. You there know? you go. Or they stole them from Coruscant with their posh accents and brought them to Tatooine. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> their parents had them shipped there and now, there you go. now they're street kids. <laughs> All right, final thoughts. Let's try to answer a few questions. Or actually, let's follow up on last week's final thoughts and then get into some new predictions and things. So last week, I predicted the Trandoshans would be back and we'd see that confrontation, that, that dinner table scene from the trailer. <clears throat> Incorrect. Did not happen. Yep. Will the... Speeder bike gang come back for their speeders. Will there be like a, a little revenge situation? Nope, didn't see that. Who is the order of the night wind? No answers yet. Is the mayor bullshitting? Did he actually hire the assassins? What's going on there? We're we're dancing around mm. some answers with the mayor. So nothing firm directly answering last week's questions, but we're moving right along. So what's next week? Predictions for the whole series. What do you guys think? Um, I think next week is going to be episode four. <laughs> That's so smart. You're so right. <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't know. I think, I mean, Blacker Santa has to be in for the rest of the series now as one of Boba's yeah. guys. I hope so, man. I ho- That's what it feels like. I hope so. I hope he's he's in it. Because he owes Boba now, you know, totally. even though they stabbed him four times. It's like, you know, he- <laughs> is this a life debt situation? Like with uh, Chewie and Black Kersan yeah, follow know. that? I don't know if Black Kersan would follow that. He doesn't strike me as someone who lives up yeah. to the Wookiee code. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, he he has motivation now, though. He got sold out by the Huts. Yeah. So maybe he'll make a little turn. He can be, you know, he could be the bad guy of the anti-hero crew, you know? I think next episode we'll get some Rancor training with Danny mm, Trejo. Yeah. Some rancor, a back rub, some scratching behind the ears, maybe like a belly rub if he really connects, you know. <laughs> I, I get the sense that he's, you know, I think what was like one of the last lines that Boba said is like something about like the war starting or something like that, or they're going to war. I feel like yeah, he's yeah. been putting together a crew. Mm-hmm. So he's got Fennec, he's got the the little gang now. I guess my point is I feel like they'll be like, I feel like Din Djarin will show up or something, you know, like call in a yeah. favor and get Din and... Chrysanthemum will come back and be on his side begrudgingly because he let him go and he owes him a favor. Like, I feel like there'll be a, a crew, maybe a, a new batch of Tuscans. Yeah. Because that was just one tribe that got killed back in the day. So we'll see. Yeah. I think, I think he needs help, obviously, if he's going to be going against the Pikes. Yeah. If not more. I feel like we're going to get, you know, a short scene where Boba, like he does with everyone else, is just going to level with BK and be like, look, they sold you out. Sorry I stabbed you in the back with my gaffy stick and just let it hang there halfway through the fight. But you're better with me than out on your own. Well, and and just, like, not to get too nerdy, but, like, all Black Crescent cares about is money. Like, that's it. That's all he cares about. He just cares about who's paying him the most. And so if they just put him on retainer, he's like, great, cool, I work for you now. Like, he's, he's definitely not a hard feelings kind of guy. Yeah, and Boba says as much to him, like, yeah, no hard feelings, bud, right? It's just business, you know? Yeah, and, like, he just put him in a spot where he can fight things. Like, he's happy, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about everything the Huts said and offering the Rancor? Is this a red herring? Is the Huts leaving a big red herring? Is it a double cross? What's happening here? That's the thing that I'm so curious on because either it is a red herring, which would be very Hut to do, you know, you can't trust them as far as you can throw them. And you definitely cannot throw them. 
you definitely can't throw them. But if they are seriously backing out, then whatever it is they're afraid of is serious shit. Because yeah. like the huts, as we all know, are super powerful and you don't fuck with a hut. Like you just don't. So I could go either way. I don't know. The mayor also, there was the line about promising the territory to another syndicate. That line was in present time mm-hmm. with the huts, right? Yeah. So who is the other syndicate? Did because they, they didn't specify Did, if the pikes they didn't. Yeah, if the it, pikes took control in the past, then this is the pikes showed up present day though. That was like the big ship that came in and the badass, like them going walking down the whatever you call it. That wasn't in the past. No, because that the kid, one of the cyborg kids, hollowed back to let them know that the pikes were there. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Meg is is confirming in the chat here that was the Pikes in the present. Okay. And Weiler, thank you. Wheeler, Weiler. Wheels, Wiles. <laughs> and I guess that's it. Any big predictions before we wrap up? Oh, Heather, I want your take on this. Okay. I want your take, your opinion as a writer and editor, whether or not you think this would be cool, and as a fan, whether or not you think it would be possible. Okay. Are we going to get Mace Windu in this? <sighs> How do you feel about it? I... As a fan and a general Star Wars storyteller, I don't want that just because I think that makes the universe feel too small mm-hmm. to do something like that. Having that been said, that feels a very Dave Filoni and Jean Favreau thing to do. And we all know that Sam J won't say no. Like he, yeah. he loves, he's dying, he's waiting for this and he doesn't turn down work. So I could see it be very, very possible they would have to do a lot of hoop jumping to make it make sense to me as a storyteller because because otherwise it would just feel like we're having Mace Windu because we can yeah. rather than it to actually organically make sense for the story. Yeah. And that's all I care about as a storyteller. Like, you know, I just want it. Of course, I want things to be cool, but I want it to make sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, here was my wild speculation last week. Okay. Mike really got me going on this this idea that maybe there's someone familiar under the masks with the Tuscans. There's a non-native, the female warrior who taught him, potentially being Omega. It seems, again, a little too small, but would also be amazing. It, but it's also not too small because it's his sister. Yeah, but in, they're all dead now, though, too, right? She's not, though. We didn't see her body. Wait, are you sure? She's the one that we didn't see. Am I thinking of the right one? We didn't see the red, more red robe laying no, there? No, we mm-hmm. saw the chief. Okay. The, we saw the, the taller chief, one. yeah, but we didn't okay, see. Okay, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So let's say that is Omega, even if it's not. The Mace Windu appearance thing isn't too crazy to me. I don't think it's too much fan service. The idea of him getting there, I think that's where the hoops come in. Yeah. But the idea of Boba still being hung up on hating the Jedi or maybe being past it now, but then if he meets a Jedi again, if Mace Windu shows up, if that rekindles some shit that he as a character had moved on from, had developed past bringing up that old shit. That's conflict. That's like exciting stuff to me. Yeah. And we keep getting those flashbacks of him holding the helmet. There's all those Camino flashbacks. So what if Mace Windu shows up and it rekindles this thing in Boba and he, he's like out for blood. He's going to kill this who killed his dad. And then the Tuscan warrior woman shows up and is like, no, you need to let that shit go. You need to, you need to move past that. That was something else. Blah, blah, blah. That was your past. That kind of sentiment would be very Omega. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely see 
Favreau and Filoni pulling something like that. Yeah. I just, I don't know. For me, for, <laughs> let the past die. That's how I feel yeah, yeah, about, yeah. about just digging into the old toy box just for the sake of digging into the old toy box. Yeah. Um, but also you don't say no to Sam Jackson. Well, he doesn't say no to work either. I mean, look mm-hmm. at that yeah. man's filmography. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like Danny Trejo in that. They work. <laughs> yeah. I, to me, it's like that seems like the theme of an entire season, not necessarily yeah. one or two episodes. And there's four episodes left. So I don't know. Yeah. Unless there's more seasons and it's the cliffhanger of this season. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. 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 We'll see. If it doesn't happen, I won't be bummed. If it does happen, I'll be pumped. I just get so worried in a real world sense too. When you bring these like legacy characters back, they're so old. Like I don't want to run into like another like Carrie thing, you know, where it's just mm, yeah. like Harrison Ford, Sam. Like th- these guys are so old. Like even them doing Indiana Jones, I'm just like, really? Do you, like you're that you're confident? You're gonna kill him. You're gonna kill him. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna kill yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. No. And 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 again, for me, it's just like does it serve the story or is it just for nostalgia points, you know? Totally, yeah. yeah. Look, I love Luke coming in and the Mandalorian as much as the next person that was badass as all hell. Was that necessary to serve the story? No, it wasn't. It was just cool. <laughs> yeah. But like something like that where it's the last episode just to send it off into the ether and kind of wipe your hands of it, that's fine. But if if it is something where like we're having a Mace Windu in the Boba Fett show... That's not something that I feel like you just end and wipe your hands of. Yeah. Someone's dying. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You're, you're killing someone. Fact. <laughs> so that is just my concern with this because I don't see Mace Windu walking away from that either. Like, I just... <sighs> I'll be stoked either way. How about this? You ready? Grogu, because <laughs> he was in Coruscant, right? Yep. Somehow saved Mace from falling out the window. So that's how you bring a flashback into Boba Fett that also brings oh Grogu that brings Wace Windu back. Ah! Boom. <laughs> Too many things. Too many things. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up. Heather, anything you want to plug before you go? Or you just want to tell the people where to find you on the internet? Or both? Uh, buy comic books that I've worked on. There's a lot of them. How can you find out which ones those are? You can follow me on Twitter (laughs) at Heather Antos. Just my name. Pretty easy. And I talk about Star Wars there a lot. As you should. If you want to follow the podcast listener, you can follow us on Instagram at ThankTheMakerPod, on Twitter at ThankTheMaker. And we have a new podcast on the ThankTheMaker Podcast Network. It's called Princess and Scoundrel. It just launched this past Tuesday. It's all about park going, whether it's Galaxy's Edge or any of the other Disney parks. The hosts are Sarah and Steven Maciel. We've had Sarah on. She's a travel agent. She booked our Galactic Star Cruiser trip. It's a fun podcast. Check it out. You can follow them on Instagram at Princess and Scoundrel Show and find the podcast wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube. My stuff is all at Adam the Skull. All my social media is at Nick Bayside and episode number 28 of the radio radio show is out right now. And I personally love that episode a lot. I think I did a great job. So (laughs) pat myself on the back. (laughs) Well done. Ryan is at William Ryan key on all the things. If you want to buy thank the maker merch, you can go to thankthemakermerch.com. If you want to patronize this podcast, if you want to help us pay the bills because it's like really genuinely helpful Patreon.com slash ThankTheMakerPod is where you can go to do that. As little as three bucks a month to help out your favorite podcast. If you want to hang out with us live and listen to us record like folks are doing right now, it's all at Patreon.com slash ThankTheMakerPod. 
Thanks for listening. Heather, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Heather. Of course. And until next time, may the force be with you. 